This episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds is sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTIs, counselor, and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. They are the fabulous learning nerds. Because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott and Dan are making it lots of fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're going to keep you with turning the fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting, fantastic episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds. I'm your host, Scott Schutte. Across from me, as always, you love him, Dan Coonrod. Dan the man. <laughs> hey, everybody. Dan, you were way too good on uh, waiting for the drop this time. That was fantastic. I know. I know. You did a really good job. You should feel proud of yourself for that one. Very good. Uh, with us tonight, uh, we, we warned you that we were going to bring guests, and I am super duper stoked um, that we have this gentleman has agreed to uh, work with us. Um, he is a legend. Um, at least around our circles. Uh, and both you and I have had the opportunity to work with this guy. He's oh, yeah. an effing rock star. And I, I, you don't know this. I tried to steal him from my team. I did. I wanted him to work for me. Oh, dude. But that, uh, that, that went down in a, in a flaming pile of uh, no budget is what <laughs> that went down in for sure, which was not a good thing. Yes, Dan. Oh, I was, I was just agreeing. I was like 100%. Like, uh, I, there was... Nobody that I was aware of where we worked where who didn't want Joey on their team. 100%. 100%. So uh, he's a legend. We're about to erect a statue in uh, downtown Nashville. Uh, Mr. Joey. Mr. Joey Acklin's in the house, everybody. Woo! How you doing, Joey? I am doing good. I'm excited to be here. That is so great, and um, we're glad that you're here. And uh, what better way to kick off the show than get to know uh, your deal, Joey? Hey, man. What's your deal? It's a time of the show where we get to learn all about our special guest and his learning journey. So, Joey, talk to us, man. So, my name is Joey Acklin. I've been in the learning and development field for... I want to say nine years now. Uh, I'm maybe like many others that might be listening. I'm not from a traditional background. I started out taking calls and answering calls in a call center, rose within the ranks to be a supervisor over a tier two and tier three team, managing a lot of people. Uh, I took, or I guess other people took notice of me to write content and just being a SME in general. So I moved over to the knowledge-based management field, writing technical articles for different appliances, electronics, and whatnot. From there, 
moved over to manage an LMS and start creating training content. And now three companies later, still doing that. Now a little <laughs> more uh, practice underneath my belt, a little more headaches and frustrations and trials and tribulations. Now, like past, I feel pretty good. Yeah, um, the thing is that um, you're 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 kind of the go-to guy. Like when the poop hits the fan, everybody's we got to get Joey on this. That's been my yeah. experience with you, man. It's like who who can I call to to solve this problem? Like I got a problem. Oh, Joey, Joey knows the answer. That's that's been my experience. Dan, how about you? Oh, uh, I've I've worked with Joey at different places for six of the nine years he was talking about, and. The entire time, like people will say stuff like, I, I can get Joey on that. Or, ooh, ooh, hey, let's get Joey on that. Hey, do you think Joey has bandwidth to work on this? Like, those are the common refrains I've heard just the entire time that I've, I've known the guy. Right. So, yeah, it, it's good. It's kind of, Joey, how do you feel being the guy on the other end of the bat phone? Uh, it feels good and also conflicting depending on what I'm trying to do. <laughs> With my you life. know, I just want to point out real quick, I have never seen Batman and Joey in the same place. I know. I was going to say that. And Joey, you yeah. sounded so excited when I said, how does it feel to be Batman? Which was all the answer that um, I think our audience needed, which is, I don't like it, man. Get me out of here. Um, no, I think that's a good thing. That's great. Well, Joey, hey, welcome. We really appreciate that you're uh, that you're here with us. Um, and I know you've got some really awesome stuff to talk about. It We were prepping right before we, we talked, and I think we're going to have a great topic, um, which... Uh, Hey, let's, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the topic of the week. All right, Mr. Eklund, you came here and you wanted to talk to us a little bit about this thing called the imposter syndrome, which is way timely because it's like everybody that I know has been like, yeah, I've got the imposter syndrome. And uh, the first time I heard it, I had to go look it up, like, what the hell is this? And, oh, I may have it too. Um, so why don't you go ahead and give us a little, uh, your thoughts on the the imposter syndrome and how it might uh, affect our world. So as an instructional designer, imposter syndrome, I think all of us can admit it happens at some point in our career, even outside Instructional design, it happens to all of us, or at least to most, in my belief. Uh, imposter syndrome is where no matter how much experience you have, how much credentials you have, how long you've been in a role, you just don't feel you're good enough. You feel you're missing information. You're missing something. You, you're you not up to snuff, so to speak, in the current role you're in or what you're trying to accomplish in that role. Yeah, Dan, you ever suffer from imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's it's one of those things where uh, even as I as I move away from just realizing how much how little I know and how much more there is to learn in this field, uh, it creeps in all the time like am I making the right call? Is this the right thing to do? Like, man, like somebody has to do this better. And it, it can be crushing. Joey, I actually, I got a great question and just a follow-up. So talk about imposter syndrome. Is it something that you're suffering from? Is it something that you find yourself like second-guessing your work, second-guessing 
the quality of your work and your skills. Absolutely. And recently, just speaking with my leader, I had an epiphany of maybe it's not so bad. So I've suffered from it for, I guess, many months for sure. And also at different times and at different companies. But more recently, just, and I guess maybe not the solution per se, but the way what's helped me recognize that it is imposter syndrome and not just me being, and not just me being bad, <laughs> I guess is a better way to put it or not to have a better way to put it. Uh, it's just hearing peer feedback and hearing feedback from other stakeholders and other teams directly yelling my praise in ways I didn't expect. And also for projects that I thought I could have done better. I've, I could have did more and understanding that maybe you yourself are your biggest critic is you maybe suffering from imposter syndrome why you weren't super psyched when we compared you to batman earlier <laughs> <laughs> maybe a bit <laughs> yeah uh, well, I, I think it's interesting so um why do you think it's would you say that it, it's more prevalent in our circle of influence or is it just kind of a general way of the world right now, Joey? I believe if you're in a creative field, it affects you the most. Yeah. And why, I, that's why do you that's feel, my belief. Okay, great. So why is that? So that's my million dollar question, Bruce. I want to know why. We didn't catch that. Uh, I want to know why <laughs> that might be. Really, it boils down to any creative field. Of course, my experience being in instructional design, the more you learn, the more you know how vast the field is, the less confident you are in knowing everything. Uh, but, okay, so this begs a question. So I'm just going to ask a question. Forgive me. So, But why do you need to know everything? I guess that's just my hunger for learning. My hunger to build great learning experiences for others makes me also hunger for more. Okay. Um, it, can you cite an example recently where maybe that came into play? Like you, you were asked to do something, and just last week we were talking about you know um, how our how our world kind of evolves very quickly into all of a sudden we're video producers, right, Dan? All of a sudden I got to know to be able to video art. Now I'm a virtual reality gaming designer and I need to know... Um, Surprise. You know, yeah, all that language <laughs> stuff and coding stuff and, and somehow it's on me. Like even today, like I have a problem I don't know how to solve. It's a silly problem, but I don't know how to solve it. And it took me like half a day to go into it. And I went. I don't know why I went into it. I, I know that's a rambling, but um, can you give an example where that may have come into play for you? Yeah, and it resulted in me biting off more than I can chew and just having to work overnight and late hours to get it done. So last year, I was on a project where basically we had to train folks taking calls or chats to be able to do the job again because of COVID. COVID sent a lot of workforce home or caused a lot of workforce to not be used or utilized. So we had to refresh everyone on training just in general what they're doing uh and i had the broad idea of well i should make guided simulators and make click-based simulation knowledge checks 
So they literally had to solve a ticket, a fake ticket to, or a fake interaction to be able to do the thing. Not realizing the moment I said that, I'm like, oh no, I had to take so many screenshots and get so many real examples of this. And I wanted to make 10 scenarios and get it knocked out, knock it out of the park. Uh, <laughs> and it was, I'm glad with what the product came out of it and what came out of it in general. But if I had more time and really not nearly as ambitious, I think it would have been just a better learning experience overall with less scenarios, more time focused on it, and not trying to shoot for the moon from the get-go. Uh, I do think on the flip side of that, you should always try and shoot for the moon. Like You should always try and do better. Like I think being complacent is the worst thing an instructional designer can do. Or any creative person could do. That's the worst thing to be complacent. Um, but there is a balance. And for me, imposter syndrome came to be then is I thought I could do it. And once I was in it and realized, oh no, this is way more work and effort. I'm a, I'm a one-man show. I can't sit there and expect to do three people's work in a week or two weeks. I need way more time and I need to collaborate with others more and do better, basically. So... so I Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. Go ahead and ask a question. I was going to say, so you're you're saying that your your imposter syndrome, your your worry that you weren't good enough or couldn't do enough, like led you to take on more work than you normally would have. Yeah, and work overnight to make it happen, and not just admit I can't do this, or just admit this is too much for me right now. I need to wait, and it burnt me out for that week, or actually for like. I think that month it burnt me out. Yeah. Oh, uh, I know I've been there. Dan, have you been there? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm there most weeks. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's a, here's a, here's a question that, that I'm going to use. It's sticking with that scenario. At what point in time, I mean, how long did you wait before you had that hard conversation of, uh, Hey, great idea. I'm either a going to need some help. Or uh, B, we're going to need to change our deliverable expectations. So, and this is where, I guess for me, I didn't change the expectations. And that caused me to be burnt out and realize with my team, like, so basically my team right now, we run through sprints. So two-week sprints when we build different portions of learning and whatnot. So you're using Agile? Exactly. Right. Awesome. Good for And... We have something called basically a sprint review or sprint retro to where we okay. talk about, hey, what could we have done better and why was it bad <laughs> and how do we fix it? And that was the perfect space for me to explain to the team, hey, I did this. I recognize it. I want others not to make the same mistake I did. Now we have some more understanding about these click-through simulation scenarios and storyline. And we know how to do it right and then really know how to do it wrong. We know both now. Uh, so once we're ready to do this again, was get more time next time, more investment into what we need to actually build like quality interactions for the learner and just do better next time. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. So the, you never really did have that conversation of, um, hey, heads up, but uh, I may have bit off more than I could chew. I had the conversation after because <laughs> I was oh, very you stubborn. Did? Oh, yeah, I was stubborn because that's okay. why I worked overnight. Like All I right, worked, so I put so much my... time in. All right, if I can get you into DeLorean, 
right? You're going to jump in. We're going to hit that baby, go to 88 miles an hour. Boom, go a year back from now. Would you do that again? No, absolutely not. Okay. I would reduce the number of scenarios. I would have worked and collaborated with someone else on the team, another designer on the team a week or two before that. <laughs> so why did you why did you go ahead and do it? Why did you go ahead and burn yourself out and then tell somebody too much? I goofed. Because in my mind, A, I would admit fault for me and now I'm an imposter and I couldn't do it. And B, just a responsibility piece. I committed to doing it. I want to finish it. Oh, and man. I've learned since then, you should admit when you're overwhelmed and ask for help. That's why you have a team. Yeah, for sure. So my question to, that I just toss out there, hey, have you ever gone to somebody and just said, hey, I need help. Um, this is bigger than I thought that you didn't get a positive response from that conversation. No. And actually that being said, since that project, it was like mid year last year, since that right. project, I have reached out and asked and it's never been a bad experience. It's always been positive. Yeah. Dan, how about you? I was thinking about it just as Joey was, was talking and I mean, you know, just like I've said earlier, I, I have the same thing where in order to, to make sure that like I feel like I'm contributing, I feel like I'm in the right space, you know, I'll, I'll overcommit. <clears throat> and no, like I can't think of a time where I've been like, hey, I goofed, I need help. There's always that, that feeling of like that personal feeling of like, oh man, like this crushing sensation of having to admit fault, having to admit overextension uh but that's all personal yeah i've listened been there and not too not too long ago too right so reduction in staff and so you take on additional roles and you try to wear two capes instead of one right doesn't work too well uh and you burn yourself up out and you're up i don't know like you might my experience joey is like i i would be up all hours of the night and even when i was sleeping i would wake up and I would be just deep in stinking thinking, right? So we're just thinking about, oh, man, I got to fix this, fix this. And then you go to your computer because you can't sleep. And then the computer keeps you awake. And next thing you know, it's time to go back to work. Um, and I had one of my employees just reach out. And and she was like, dude, um, you need to stop because you're going to wind up in the loony bin. Um, and I almost did. Um, this show would never have even existed. I almost wound up in the loony bin. When when you finally realize that you've had enough and you've get, dealt with this long enough that you wind up in any medical institution, which I did. I went to see my doctor. I'm like, could you give me some drugs? Which is what I wanted. I wanted <laughs> drugs. Can you give me drugs for this? And she didn't. My doctor's awesome. She's like, no, you'll get through this. You don't need drugs. But I want some. I want some drugs um, and that was a real, uh, I'm not kidding. That was a real aha moment for me. Like, oh, this is bad. I wanted drugs. Actually, when I asked for it. So, you know, um, Joey, are there any, do you find that there, are there any upsides? So we, we've talked about burning out and, you know, like, is there any upside to, to this conversation? Any, any good come out of it? I guess from my perspective, the upside really is, you should always question your work and if you can do better. 
there is a negative to doing it, like over extending it to where it takes over your life and you never submit anything or never commit to anything. But that's the but that's the positive for me. The upside is that always try to do better and always question yourself. Even when you think you're an expert, you should have that pause or remember even the basics when you go through your career, designing a project or designing something, what have you. Yeah. Dan, any thoughts on the, any upside? You know, just thinking back to me coming into like learning and development, <clears throat> that that feeling that I was in the wrong place, that I had somehow tricked people, that I had like somehow pulled the wool over somebody's eye and had to keep spinning my wheels, you know, it made me move forward and it made me do things that if I had been comfortable, I, I probably wouldn't have done. I probably would have fallen out of this role pretty early. Um, so like, I'm super loath to say like, oh yeah, imposter syndrome, it's secretly a good thing. I definitely don't want to be on the, on the interwebs having said that. That seems like a bad idea. But the same, the same, the same thing is, yeah, man, like those early days with late nights in the office, late nights at home. Uh, we talked about this uh, last time with the do it all ID, like that was me. And because part of the reason why I was to do it all ID was because I couldn't fail because if I failed, everybody would realize they had made a mistake in picking me and they would vote me off the island. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. Goodbye. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the one thing that I would say on a positive note in any of this really is that, I mean, out of out of any department that I've ever worked in, I feel like Ellen, learning development or learning experience, whatever you want to do, we, we are the innovators. I mean, we really are, unless you're on a oh, product yeah. team where you're developing new stuff all the time. Like if you, if you sit in a cave with a bunch of, you know, whacked out space nuts, right, and you're you're designing really groovy stuff all the time, that that's cool. But, you know, within a within the framework of how do we get better, like we innovate, we innovate all the time. Um, we, we even innovate while we're innovating. I mean, the one, pro, you know, a couple projects ago working with Joey sitting in a room and he, we're, we're sitting there and he's showing me some really cool stuff. And the next thing I was like, wait, we could do this, right? Which is changes the entire scope of the project. You remember that? I do. Yeah, uh... that, that project. Yeah. It's <laughs> massive scope creep but it was cool like we're gonna do cool stuff and and uh so i think that from an innovation perspective that you know there is some upside in always trying to do better like you should all and there's nothing wrong with always trying to do better joey you were gonna say yeah maybe something to add to dan i think it's interesting that's your like when you started in it and for me it's almost the opposite like for me ignorance was bliss i'm like yeah they hired me for this i'm awesome I didn't really get imposter syndrome until later in my career when I realized, oh, wow, I don't know anything. Uh, I need to do better. <laughs> like, I, need to, I, need to, I need to know more. <laughs> okay. All right. I really want to drill down into some stuff, but I think this is a really great thing. You you mentioned before we started recording, you had an aha moment, Joey. Yeah. My aha moment, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier uh, during this, is just getting the peer feedback from other stakeholders and other teams tell me how awesome I am. Like the, I guess in the simplest form, just great things about me, very detailed about why. And then certain projects, even then I'm like, okay, I did the best I could with the time I had and the resources I had, 
but I could have done better. Next time I got to figure out how to do better. And me still thinking negative and thinking that, receiving that positive praise and the positive reinforcement from other people that I worked with helped tremendously. And it's one thing when your team or your localized team says you're great and you're awesome because I think people in the same team have a tendency, you're the greatest. We're all great. Everyone's happy. But when it's outside your team and people that don't really, not say that they care to be nice all the time, but when it's outside your team locally, like I love hearing that. And that really helps reinforce, at least for me, that no, I'm not an imposter. I deserve to be here. Others are appreciating my work and my effort and my work ethic. Okay. Awesome. Dan. What about you, Scott? Oh, I was going to turn around, but you got me first. All right. Uh, it's coming back yeah, right that's after my this. right as the host of the show. But you, uh, you, can, you can wear the host hat if you want. Uh, uh, that's fine. I'll go next, but it's coming back. Uh, you know, for me, it's always there at the edges. It's always there, like, creeping in. A couple of aha moments have happened in my career that changed my perspective. Um, when I stepped into like a leadership role and realized that my lack of confidence and my own drive to overcompensate could get others in a bad place. I was like, Oh crap, I can't do that. Like I can't, I can't put others in that spot. That's unfair to them. It won't be good for anybody. Um, for me, it, the big thing is, I mean, Joe is kind of the opposite. I mean, like, when I started off, I, I felt really feared. I had pulled the wool over people's eyes and I had somehow deceived or tricked them. Um, and because of that, I alluded to this earlier, like I was a giant jerk of an instructional designer. I was a kind of instructional designer that gives instructional designers bad names. I was telling people like, well, you know what? The course is, is built in all the right ways. So I'm sorry, your learners suck. You know, like the kind of stuff you're like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. And I, as I, as I learned more, as I really decided that this was my profession and this was going to be my craft and started, I don't know, like becoming wiser about it instead of trying to know everything. Like I want to be instructionally designed wise. I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to be instructionally designed uh, knowledgeable field is huge. It's got all these weird little facets and all these different corners and all these different methods. But I think I could be like instructionally design savvy or wise. And I think trying to go for that has, uh, has really helped alleviate a lot, a lot of the symptoms, a lot of those fears and worries that creep in. All right, turn around. What about you, Scott? Oh, thanks for asking, Dan. So I have yeah. a few thoughts. So the very, the very first thought is, that I'm going to have is this constant mindset that came from that experience I talked about earlier, where you're trying to do everything, but in the process of doing everything, you burn yourself out. And then, you know, let's be honest, if you try to do everything um, you, and you burn yourself out, the work isn't very good, right? So I care about my work. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a phrase I use all the time. So... Uh, I, I, I'll just ask this question. So, um, are are we saving babies, gentlemen? No. Joey, but... I'm saving babies, sir. You know what? I'm going to say indirectly. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you on that. I, I want you to point out 
any baby that you've saved, honest to God, living human creature that you've saved by staying up and, and burning yourself out? So in my mind, and the reason why I say indirectly, and maybe this is me giving too much maybe weight to our role or maybe given more purpose for our role, but right. we're giving learners and people with jobs and people with families, like the information they need to do better and to be I successful think- at their role. And I guess in my mind, I'm protecting the babies that they are having to support their family. And that's so my actually, indirect. Yeah. I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to side sort of with Joey on this one. Like, I don't, I don't want to say like we're 911 operators. Like we are not, directly hopefully i mean i'm sure there are people out in our field who are doing it but me directly i am not saving babies okay, but I need, to, I need to rephrase that i mean is there any work that you're doing that if it's if it's late will be the end of the world god no but that's nobody yeah no but we but you that's part of the imposter syndrome we actually believed in joey you just reinforced it thank you for for doing that right so you just reinforced this idea that you know what we're doing is so important and so valuable that you know i just got to give all of myself into it regardless of any balance that i might have and this and that the next thing and the framework of in that that saying is really nifty because i always picture a you know you know you know some ER, you're right, with babies in it that I'm not a part of. Like, this is not what I'm going to do. So uh, when we know the poop hits the fan and things aren't ideal, hey, we're not saving babies here. So at the end of the day, if we can keep that in mind, we can deliver great work and then just adjust our parameters around it. And I'm okay with that. And that that framework really works for me. Like, oh, hey, you know, it, my, my team even like, hey, we're, we're not saving babies here. I had my, one of my team members call me you're looking at this big pile of work like how are we going to get all this done and my answer was well well we're not we're we're not going to get it all done and we have to be okay with that we honestly have to be okay with with uh with that like those moments are going to happen and they're real and, and we have to be okay with that um life will go on the business will go on right so it's a matter of picking and choosing you know where i'm going to put my priorities where i'm going to put my focus in yeah there are some things i can't miss right and we're going to make sure that that those initiatives that we land those babies on time but you know um if some things happen outside of the our control or maybe we bit off more than we can chew hey listen we're not we're going to allow ourselves to be human and and uh yeah uh, i'm not joey Eklund. i'm not batman i'm not going to be able to get this all done right away and i'm going to be okay with that and and that comes to number two which is um, a real sense of knowing yourself, right? And wow, listen, uh, I, I think uh, I think our industry is full of really kind and great people, and you guys are like that. And I think your sentiment, Joey, really speaks to the whole imposter syndrome. Really speaks to this desire to go ahead and deliver the most amazing things for people because we like doing nice things for people. But let's also understand that we. We like hearing, and you just said it, I like hearing nice things about people people from other people. Like, I like it when my clients tell me I'm a rock star. That's awesome, right? I want to hear that uh, every week, right? So Gallup's going to tell us that we need to hear positive things about ourselves every seven days. And from a leadership perspective, you need to give that out. I totally buy into it. That's great. But I think sometimes we tie our own self-esteem into that feedback without a true knowing of ourselves. And this is new for me. So this is a new Scott behavior. So I'm sharing new stuff with you, which is, you know what? Um, I am, I know myself. I know that I'm really good at what I do. I know I'm really good at 
at the work that I do and how I lead people and how I think about the work and how I'm where I'm leading people. And I know that. And you know what? I'm going to say this. Um, I, I don't need, uh, I don't need anybody to tell me that I'm a great guy. Uh, and that's not, that's not an overextension of ego or anything. That's just knowing of myself. And that has really helped me curtail the imposter syndrome. Like I know my worth and I know my value. Um, and that's an awesome place to get. And if you want, um, information on how to get there, maybe we have another show or we have an, you know, uh, email us at, uh, learning at gmail.com and, and, and we could talk more about it. But I, I gotta tell you, that's a journey for me. And that's a new moment for me. And to go through your day, I swear to God to go through your day, gentlemen, and like, Oh, someone may be disappointed or some, you know, things aren't going the way that I want them. Welcome to the world, right? Uh, it's okay. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in who I am anyway. So that's really, really good. And I guess number three for me is that we're learning professionals, right? That's what we do. And we talked about this a couple episodes. Dan, listen, there's so much opportunities for us to learn. Can we oh, be yeah. purposeful about it, right? So let's be purposeful about the opportunity to learn. And so I schedule one hour a week. One hour a week I schedule to take a webinar, one of those free webinars that turn into a sales pitch, right? I'm going to take one of those webinars and I'm going to learn something because it improves my confidence in being able to be a value-add partner. So if I can immerse myself in, in learning and going to con, you know conventions and, and networking with other folks, and that's one of the things that I hope that we can build a community of networking so we can all learn from one another, that should help alleviate some of that. So those would be my top three. So yeah, that's, that's my thing. Thoughts on that. Uh, you know, so we talked a lot about just us being a learning and development field and you're right. It's a people field. Like, right. you know, we're always pushing at the edges and because of that, because of the, the unknowns in the people field, it's easy for that to, that feeling of like, ah, oh, am I the right guy? Am I doing this right to, to, to boil in? And so like for you to be like, Hey, like, here's, here's my three things. Like, that's awesome. Like to, to know that like, Hey, I know my worth. And like, I think there's so many people in our field who do not know their worth. Who, oh, been there. Yeah. 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 Who like, who are like stuck trying to figure out like, how do they, keep doing what they're doing and like what are they really worth and are they really good enough um i think i've shared with you scott and i know i know joe i've shared with you like i am not a praise guy i would i would 10 times over a hundred rather have somebody like call me out in a meeting and like light me up one side down the other than get praise in a meeting because like i have no idea what to do with it like somebody's like oh hey really good job i'm like cool thanks uh, but if somebody's like, hey, like, this is not good. Like, what were we thinking? What happened here? Like, boom, I got answers. I got answers. And now, now I've got a path. I've got a solution. I know what somebody wants. Cool. I'll make answers. I'll make things happen. And, uh, but like you, I, you, what you said when you were like, hey, like once every seven days, like, you know, we should be looking for that, for that praise. Uh, you know, like I can see that. I can see that maybe not for me, maybe not yet being something that like stands out and be like, oh yeah, I need that. Like. That's going to help keep me aligned. Like, yeah, I did a good job. This looks right. 
Right. And maybe oh screw it. Go ahead, Joey. I didn't mean to step on you. Now I guess maybe for me to clarify too is this is the feedback I received was like a once a year thing or once every like I think twice a year thing like those like really formal feedback sessions where someone actually writes a like a paragraph about you know what and like a specific project. So I like that because it's a little more thought out and it's not to your point spur of the moment in a meeting just like praise to be praise because I hate that too like praise just say oh this is great and like everyone's like this is awesome and everything's roses and daffodils and awesome like nah I like in the moment in a project tell me what's wrong so we can fix it Uh, because I know I don't to your point I don't have everything I need but let's get a a fast track to what we know we need because you're the stakeholder the client what have you let's talk it out you know Joey I wonder you and I both learned instructional design in the same place. And I wonder if we've reached out to other people who learned ID and just learning and development where we learned it, if they feel the same way. I wonder if that's indicative of just how we came up. Huh. Well, you guys think about that. I am going to reinforce that I took that every seven days from a Gallup survey, right? They're pretty smart people. And that's just tied into engagement. Every seven days, someone has complimented me on my work. That's statistically proven. And so if you can create an environment where you're being supportive of other people and appreciating others, which is a new thing I'm hearing, like, I appreciate you. Don't know where that phrase came out of. I don't know if it's a COVID thing or whatever, but people are telling telling me I appreciate you. And I'm like, oh, I love that. Like, I'll eat that up. Like, I'm worthy, right? And that helps eliminate some of the things that you're talking about. But honestly, as as touchy-feely as that may be for me, I still know myself enough to know that I that 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 I'll be okay if I don't get it right away. Like I, I shouldn't be seeking that. And the other thing that I would say, the last final thought that I would give this, and I'll let you guys final wrap it up, is like I I quickly learned as a leader that I'm not the smartest guy in the room, and if I am the smartest guy in the room, I am in the wrong damn room, right? So yeah. I don't need to know everything. I don't. I can call Joey. He knows way more than me. And if he doesn't know what he's talking about, he probably has a buddy that does. And we could call her up, right? We could call this other person up, right? And there are, there are plenty of people around us that can help us solve problems. And that's okay. It's totally okay not to be the smartest guy or gal in the room. I, I don't need that. I need to bring the right people into the room so that we can create good stuff. And I love the, hey, that's my new thing, uh, is, uh, hey, I'm going to put this deck together and I'm going to have you guys look at it. Will you please just rip it to shreds? Please just rip it to shreds. Um, no ego on my part. I just want to have the best solution possible. And I think people genuinely, genuinely appreciate that. I showed some work to uh, one of my partners today. I'm like, hey, I, I took this hideous deck and I, I tweaked it a little bit. Could you do your thing? Because she's a miracle worker when it comes to how things look, right? She's like, oh, this deck looks pretty good. Okay, you're lying to me to uh, maintain my self-esteem. <laughs> and you don't need to do that. Like, I know this is bad. But, you know, formulaic, formulaically, you know, from a flow perspective, is much better. So, yeah, this get uh, find a way to be okay with not being the smartest person in the room and not having all the answers and be okay with learning because – Holy crap, like the only failure, in my humble opinion, is is the one that I don't learn from. Like, if we're not going to go ahead and learn from our mistakes, well, then shame on me. Well, you then yeah, you get rid of me. All right, Joey, final thoughts on um, this fabulous topic. And I really am so glad you brought it up. I think our listeners are going to love it. 
I think my final thought is no matter your background, how long you've been in the industry, degree, no degree, your perspective matters. Your insight matters. And it took a while for me to get to that point. And also to understand the bright idea, the next great thing could it comes from a variety of different backgrounds and a, a variety of different people in that same room and that same meeting doing it. But also it doesn't matter your experience, those ideas and that they matter. And I, I think I'll leave it at that. I would say that you matter, Joey. Oh, <laughs> at least to me. You matter to me. Dan. No, uh, pretty similar. Uh, you know, I think just for like a final wrap up, we, we touched on it. I really do believe that not just in our profession, but just all over as information and knowledge gets so much easier and quicker to get your hands on this pervasive sense of like, oh crap, I don't actually know what I'm doing. That leads to like over rotation, stress, anxiety. It, it, it really is a real thing. That's like hitting lots of people. We talked about aha moments. I, I would tell everybody like, you know, if you're in a profession and you love the profession and you're worried that you don't know enough, don't sweat it. Nobody does. Focus in on what you know and decide what you're going to learn next and just keep on keeping on. Awesome. Very well said. I, I, I will say, hey, if, if you would like to participate in this discussion after today's show, you can email us at... Uh, learningnerdscast at gmail.com and put somewhere in the topic uh, imposter syndrome and uh, put uh, put how you feel about it. And if you send in something that has value um, or um, has some funny remarks pointed towards Dan, uh, we'll be sure to <laughs> read it. Um, with that, we're going to quickly go into our leadership minute. Time for Coach Shooty's Leadership Minute. Okay, Dan, uh, put me on the timer. Here we go. One minute. Um, today, I want to talk about a, an idea of the fence. Um, and uh, that is this idea of, you know, as leaders, um, we all kind of find ourselves, you know, on one side or the other of, of a fence. On, uh, on one side, you've got your employees and hanging out with your employees and having a good time and being all chummy chummy with them. That That's one side. And on the other side of the fence is, ooh, hanging out with leaders and kind of talking leadership stuff. And, you know, those two those two parties shouldn't intermingle. Um, and, and that's where this idea of the fence is like, really not a good idea to go and and be too, you know, for example, go get drunk with your employees all the time. Um, not, not a really good idea. Right. Uh, but one of the things that I would, that I learned and I thought was a really great idea is this, is this thought of don't think of your fence as a, as a white picket fence that's 10, that is 10 feet tall. Think of it as, as a chain link fence that we can go ahead and talk to our people. We can, the best leaders that I know are the ones that get right up to that fence and uh, interact with those people and, and are appropriate and in their leadership position and in their communication up and down the chain of command and, and yet um, are uh, very much in touch with how their employees are doing. And, and that's my leadership moment for today. How's that? That's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. You're a couple seconds over. Oh, my gosh. Darn it, man. It's, it's ruined now. It's no good. Throw it away. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All right. Hey, we need to wrap it up. Um, and uh, before we do, Dan, you want to talk to our friends out there about how they can uh, 
how they can contribute and how they can get a hold of us. 100%. You guys can hit us up on email at learningnerdscast at gmail.com. Again, like Scott said earlier, email us any questions you might have. Let us know if you want to be a guest. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at Learning Nerds. Like us, participate in the conversations that are going on there. Lastly, if you're on Instagram, we are Fab Learning Nerds. Jump on there, share some groovy, cool stuff. Let us know. Scott, back yeah. to you. Oh, great. Okay, Joey, uh, last words from you, sir. Uh, we are all great, and everyone is awesome, and we got this. We got this. Awesome. That, that's <laughs> a great way to, to end the show. Hey, everybody, I want you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button while you're out there. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you like. You got some friends. Share this with your friends. Say, hey, we got some guys talking about learning, and it's really fun. I'm having a good time doing it. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, or cheap shots, be sure to email us, learningnerdscast at gmail.com. And with that, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. And I'm Joey. And with that, we're out. <laughs> Have a great week and make learning fun again. Thanks for listening to the Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention. Meet with teachers. Make up work get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're, if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.